Good morning. So good to see each of you here today. We're going to begin with our scripture reading from the book of Acts, chapter 16, verses 16 through 34. You can find this in your bulletins, or you can turn um, into your Bibles or the pew Bibles in the church. One day, as we were going to the place of prayer, we met a female slave who had a spirit of divination and brought her owners a great deal of money by fortune-telling. While she followed Paul and us, she would cry out, these men are slaves of the Most High God who proclaim to you the way of salvation. She kept doing this for many days. But Paul, very much annoyed, turned and said to the spirit, I order you in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. And it came out that very hour. But when her owners saw that their hope of making money was gone, they seized Paul and Silas and dragged them into the marketplace before the authorities. When they had brought them there before the magistrates, they said, these men, these Jews are disturbing our city and are advocating customs that are not lawful for us, being Romans, to adopt and observe. The crowd joined in attacking them, and the magistrates had them stripped of their clothing and ordered them to be beaten with rods. After they had given them a severe flogging, they threw them into prison and ordered the jailer to keep them there securely. Following these instructions, he put them in the innermost cell, and he fastened their feet in stocks. About midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the prisoners were listening to them. Suddenly, there was an earthquake so violent that the foundations of the prison were shaken, and immediately the doors were opened and everyone's chains were unfastened. When the jailer woke up and saw the prison doors wide open, he drew his sword and he was about to kill himself since he supposed that the prisoners had escaped. But Paul shouted out in a loud voice, do not harm yourself for we are all here. The jailer called for the lights and rushing in, he fell down, trembling before Paul and Silas. Then he brought them outside and he said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? They answered, Believe in the Lord and you will be saved, you and your household. They spoke the words of the Lord to him and to all who were in his house. At the same hour of the night, he took them and washed their wounds. Then he and his entire family were baptized without delay. He brought them up into the house and he set food before them. And he and his entire household rejoiced that he had become a believer in God. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. If we look back through the scripture today, we can see three separate stories that come together to tell one story. First, we have the story of the slave girl and the owners of the slave girl. In the scripture, we are told that this slave girl 
was earning a lot of money for her masters, and that she was following Paul and Silas, and that she was shouting to the crowds, these men are servants of the Most High God, and they have come to tell the people how to be saved. Now, I don't know why this annoyed Paul, because what great advertising to have someone going before you, preaching a little mini-sermon, encouraging people to follow. But day after day, she followed after Paul and Silas, shouting this, until the day that Paul just said, that's enough, the spirits have to be gone. And when Paul did that, the slave owners were now worried about how they were gonna earn money. Their source of wealth was gone. The slave girl could no longer tell the fortunes. Their dreams of wealth had gone away. In the second story, Paul and Silas are thrown into jail. But before they're thrown into jail, they're beaten. And once they're thrown into jail, they're put in the innermost cell and they're shackled. And it reminds me of a book that I read with my children when they were younger. Maybe one of my favorite books, The Terrible, Horrible, No Good, Very Bad Day. Paul and Silas were truly having a terrible, horrible, no good, very bad day. But they didn't choose to have a pity party. What did the scripture tell us? It says they chose to sing hymns and pray to God after all of these horrible things had happened to them. That's how they dealt with their change. The third story involved the jailer who was in control. He had these prisoners, these special prisoners, he was told to keep locked away, safely, securely. But God had a different plan. God caused a massive earthquake and the doors flew open. And the jailer who supposed they had escaped was ready to kill himself until he realized that Paul and Silas were still there. And immediately, without hesitation, he asked what he had to do to be saved. The common thread in these three stories is that the lives of each of these people changed drastically. In the snap of a finger, their lives went from where they thought they were to where the new reality was. The slave owners went from dreams of wealth to nothing, to no hope. Paul and Silas went from spreading the gospel and freedom to being imprisoned. And the jailer went from being in control, being the powerful jailer, to having no control. So as we reflect on these stories and how this change impacted each of these scenarios, I want you to think into your mind the answer to this question. Is change bad or is change good? The fact is most, feel, most people feel that change will immediately have a negative impact on their lives and their careers. And part of that is brought on by the context in which we address change. How many times does somebody say, well, if you don't change your actions, you're gonna lose your job. If you don't clean up your room, you're gonna be in timeout for about six years. 
If you don't do something, something terrible will happen to you. So we turn change into a negative. Also, change is hard. We have to learn to do things differently. I go to my son sometimes and say, I don't know how this works. His response is immediately, Google it. Google knows everything. Change is hard and we have to learn to do things differently. We may not be able to do it our own way. We may even have to follow somebody else's way. And then the age-old question, can an old dog really learn new tricks? So that leads us to believe that change is hard, change is bad. But the answer is, change is not good or bad. Change is inevitable. There's no way that we can stop change from happening. It happens whether we want it to or not. And so we have to ask this question, not can I change, but how will I deal with the change that's going to happen to me? Who will I look to when the change comes? Will I look to the crowds or will I look to my Savior? And finally, how will I accept the change? Will I accept it gracefully or will I go kicking and screaming all the way? The choice is ours. With each and every change in our lives, we have to take control of that change and how we deal with that change. Sometimes we deal with it better than others. Sometimes we really miss the mark. And so what is the difference in how we deal with change? Well, part of it is our general disposition. Are we a half-empty glass or are we a half-full glass? Or are you on the other extreme that your glass bubbles over all the time and you have no idea that reality is going on? That's me, in case y'all don't know that. <laughs> our preparation is how we get through the change, though. We have to be prepared in our hearts and in our minds. It's a process. Change happens to us whether we want it to or not. And so the more prepared we are for this process, the better we'll deal with this change. And part of that preparation is being connected, being part of the big picture, the world that God has created, and understanding that as important and special as each one of you are, it's not really all about you. And I hate to tell you that, but it's about God and His plans for our lives. So if we're prepared and we know His plan, then change cannot destroy us and distract us. The story's told of an old farmer who had worked his crops for many years. Everything was running very smoothly on his farm until one day his only horse ran away. The only horse he had for plowing his field, the only horse he had for delivering food and, and product to the market. Upon hearing this news, the neighbors immediately rushed over to his farm and they sympathetically shook their heads and they said, oh, such bad luck, we are so sorry this has happened to you. The farmer replied, perhaps. The next morning, the horse returned 
bringing with it three wild horses. Again, the neighbors rushed over to congratulate him and tell him what great luck. The farmer replied, perhaps. The following day, the farmer's son tried to ride one of the untamed horses. He was thrown and he broke his leg. You know, you know the story. The neighbors came over again and immediately rushed to, his, to help him and said, oh, what bad luck. And what did the farmer say? Perhaps. The day after that, military officials came to the village to draft the young man into the army. Seeing that his leg was broken, they passed him by. The neighbors congratulated the farmer on how well things had turned out. Of course, the farmer said, perhaps. Because the farmer understood what had happened to him wasn't good luck or bad luck. What had happened to him was change. And he had to adjust how he was going to deal with that change. He didn't become overly joyful because of the good luck. And he didn't become downtrodden because of the bad luck. He took each change in stride and he continued to manage the farm and seek the plan of his savior, of his guide, of his leader. And because he was prepared and he was willing to follow God, life's distractions didn't cause him to give up. He didn't let his neighbors lead him down a path that he didn't want to go because he knew where his path was. So what is our plan? How are we going to manage life's changes? Are we going to follow the crowd and do what others tell us to do? Or are we going to follow our Savior and who has ultimate plans for our lives? Are we going to let him be our connection and our light and let us show the way through the changes that are inevitable. One of my favorite seasons is Christmas. And many years ago, we got live trees. They were so beautiful, they smelled so great, but there was never a time that by the time we finished decorating the tree, we were still on speaking terms. You had to get the tree in the stand, the tree was crooked, then you took all of the strands of lights and you plugged them in to make sure they worked. And you wrapped them and you adjusted them and you got them around the tree and finally you go and you hit the switch and no lights. What's happened? You look around before you panic, before you run back to Walgreens to buy more lights and you realize either the cat or the dog or a clumsy adult has unplugged the lights. The magic of Christmas, the lights won't work if they're not plugged in. And it's the same way with us. We can't follow God's plan and we can't deal with the change if we're not connected. That connection can come through worship with one another as we are today. Praying over the prayer request in our bulletins. Singing hymns that tell us about the love of Christ and amazing grace and reading scripture and hearing a message that challenges us to take our faith walk to the next level. That connection comes from small groups, from Sunday school classes, from Bible studies, where we dig into God's word and his understanding and seek his guidance. 
where we develop relationships that last a lifetime and literally sustain us through some of the darkest moments in our life. But it's not enough to have this worship and to have these small groups once a week. We have to stay connected during the week because after all, most of the bad things that happen to us happen outside of church. Granted, we've had some changes and some challenges this year, these last few years. We've said goodbye to a beloved minister and welcomed a new minister, and we're gonna go through that process again. But really and truly, when we think about it, our day-to-day lives are so fast and furious. It's like a roller coaster ride. We have ups and downs. We have curves and twists. And we have turns that we can't control. These changes in our life can come in the form of a rebellious child, a car wreck, car maintenance, home maintenance, a pandemic, a loss on our investments, a loss of a job. And what these changes do is they tell us, they reveal to us what little control we have over our own lives. But once we get off of that roller coaster ride and we go back to God's plan, no matter how terrifying the roller coaster was, we can touch ourselves and realize we survived the roller coaster ride. And maybe we're stronger because of the ups and downs. Because we know that the best is yet to come. And when we stay connected throughout the week, we can see and feel God's promises carrying us through these ups and downs. And we know that our preparation has given us the foundation we need so that we're not on sinking sand. And we are stronger because of these changes and because of our process of working through these changes. And we are thankful in spite of these changes because we understand that we can't stop the roller coaster, but we can be equipped to deal with the ride that the roller coaster is taking us on. Through our understanding of our call, our call to be transformed from the world and to serve Christ. And through the friends who hold our hands and hand us a tissue when we're crying and grieving. Our connection shines the light the light of Christ that brings us hope. Our preparation helps us stay focused. Life is indeed a box of chocolates, and we don't know what we're gonna get. Will it be unexpected, unwanted change that turns into a blessing? Will it be hurt and rejection that causes us to redirect our lives? Or will it be that unanswered prayer that turns out to be the best thing that could have ever happened to us. You know the country song, right? So as we look at the farmer, we need to understand he wasn't delusional or apathetic when he said perhaps to all of the things that happened to him. Instead, he was calm, cool, and collected. Not because that was his personality, not because he was prepared, but because he had a plan with God. He had God's plan in his heart. And all of that preparation allowed God's plan to guide him. 
Although that spirit of tranquility and acceptance isn't always our natural reaction, it is something that we can strive for, and it is something that we can move towards. It's important to have foundational beliefs to help keep us composed, to help us appreciate and celebrate the good, and to process the trials to know that they soon shall pass. So as you go forth forth this week, I challenge each of you to let go of your own fear of change. Allow God's plan for your life to make all things new. Trust God and know that change with God as our guide is better than change with the world as our guide. Because if we are content to stay where we are, no matter how miserable that might be, there is no possibility of hope. We'll be like the slave owners who feel they can't go on. Instead of like Paul and Silas, who praised God while being in prison. So are you holding on to the safety bar of life with clenched fist, terrorized by your own lack of control? Are you going to choose to embrace the truth that God is using all of these ups and downs to bring you to his desired end. May you be prepared, may you be connected, and may the changes that come into your life bring new opportunities to serve and live a life full for Christ. Amen. Well, thank you for joining us, and I hope that you found this message to be meaningful and life-giving. I look forward to you joining us next time, either on our live stream on Sunday mornings here at Bluff Park United Methodist Church. It's at 10 o'clock a.m. Or if you want to join us in person, you're welcome to do so. Also here at 10 a.m. on Sunday mornings. You can find out more about our church family, who we are, what we do, and how to get involved, as well as more information about our worship services at www.bluffparkumc.org. Hope you have a great week. And we look forward to seeing you next time.